Chapter 15 Dear Selina, Today we were together again. Something bad happened. Something very bad. I made it happen, Selina. You don't realize it, but we are together more and more every single day. Even when you don't see me, we are together. I have you in my power, and you don't even know it. But you will know soon, Selina. If you perform in Romeo and Juliet, you will know the truth. And it's the last thing you'll ever know. The Sun Chapter 16 Excellent movie, Eddie said as he and Selina strolled through the theater parking lot. That actress was awesome, Selina agreed. I didn't even read the subtitles, I just stared at her face. That will be you someday, Eddie teased. Oh, really? You think I need subtitles? Selina cracked. Eddie opened a car door for her. She settled into the bucket seat of the red Honda Civic and shut her eyes for a moment. The car reminded her of Eddie, warm and comfortable. When he first picked her up, Selina had felt uncertain and awkward, but the more time they spent together, the more relaxed she felt. Where next? Eddie asked, climbing in beside her. Are you hungry? I shouldn't be, after all that popcorn, Selina admitted, but actually, I'm starved. Me too, Eddie agreed. Ever been to Sam's? Sam's? No, Selina replied. Where is it? It's a great burger place in Waynesbridge, near the junior college, Eddie told her. Want to try it? Sure, Selina said. Actually, she thought that if Eddie had suggested going to a place that served baked worms, she'd probably agree to it. Do you like jazz? Eddie asked, slipping a cassette into his tape deck. I don't know much about it, she replied. My dad got me hooked on it, Eddie told her. At first, I didn't like it, but now it's my favorite, even more than rock music. This is an old tape, by Bill Evans. He was a great piano player. Selena listened to the music as they drove along the dark highway to Waynesbridge. It's kind of nice, she told Eddie. You might like something newer, he told her. I have a great new Winter Marsalis tape. We could listen to it on the way home. He guided the car through a narrow tunnel, then pulled into a space in an underground parking lot. Eddie led Selena back through the tunnel and up a flight of concrete stairs. Pushing open the door at the top, Selena stepped out into an area of small restaurants and shops. The walks were paved with cobblestones. This is cool, she declared. He smiled. Yeah, it's part of the campus. The college drama majors hang out at Sam's a lot. The owner used to be an actor in New York. People bring their parents here because the shops are so nice. I love it, Selena gushed. I'll bet it has a really different crowd than the places I usually go. Eddie pulled open the front door of Sam's, and the greasy aroma of burgers and fries drifted out. A waitress led them to a dark wood booth in the back. Selena settled in, glancing around at the sports posters on the walls. The food here is not too shabby, Eddie told her. Their waitress arrived, and they each ordered a burger and fries, with root beer for Selina and a Coke for Eddie. So how are you doing on your lines for the play? Eddie asked. I've memorized all of Acts 1 and 2, Selina reported. The scenes I've seen you do were excellent, Eddie praised her. You hardly need any direction. You have a lot of talent, Selina. Thanks, she murmured embarrassed. But I keep thinking I haven't gotten the character right. There are some things I don't understand about Juliet. That's why you're so good, Eddie said intently. Most high school performers just say the lines. You really think about it and try to do your best. But what if my best isn't good enough, Selena demanded, fiddling with a metal napkin holder. I mean, the drama coach from Northwestern will be coming to opening night. My only chance of going to college depends on how I do.
You'll definitely get the scholarship, Eddie replied. But if you're worried about it, I can coach you. Are you serious? Selena cried. Sure, he said, flashing her a dazzling smile. I'd be happy to, but don't tell anyone else. I won't, she promised. Are you sure it's okay? Definitely, Eddie replied. I just don't want Mr. Riordan to think I'm playing favorites. I understand, Selena assured him. She smiled at the thought of having a secret romance with Eddie. He made her feel so comfortable, so close to him. You know, Eddie continued, you are my favorite, Selena, and I want to get to know you better. I don't usually meet people who love performing as much as you do, and I think it's amazing that you stuck to it. I know you've been through a lot in the past few years. It must be tough for you without your father, but you haven't let that stop you. Selena's mouth dropped open. How do you know about my father? she asked. I never told you he died. Mr. Riordan told me, Eddie said. I'm sorry. I guess I shouldn't have mentioned it. He reached across the table and took her hand. I really care about you, Selena. Selena gazed back at him, suddenly uncomfortable. I realize you're very busy, Eddie went on, and I've seen how popular you are, but I'd like to be with you. I mean, whenever you have time. Selena didn't know what to think. She found Eddie so attractive, but what did she really know about him? Nothing. And yet he seemed to know so much about her, so much that she had never told him. She pulled her hand back. I'd like to see you too, Eddie, she said, but... But what? Eddie interrupted. Do you already have a boyfriend? Confused, Selena shook her head. Do you think I'm too old for you? Is that it? He gazed at her earnestly. What's going on? Selena asked herself. I really like Eddie. Why am I so suspicious? I'm sorry, Eddie said. I guess I've been coming on too strong. It's not that, Selena replied. She felt torn. On one hand, she liked Eddie and wanted to confide in him. On the other hand, she felt afraid to trust him. Afraid to trust anyone. What's wrong, Selena? He asked gently. It, it's, someone has been threatening me, she blurted out. Excuse me? I know it sounds crazy, Selena cried, but someone has been leaving me ugly notes and horrible, frightening presents. I don't know who I can trust anymore. Wow, Eddie murmured. Do you have any idea who it is? Not really, Selena replied hopelessly, but I think it's someone in the drama club. Oh, wow, Eddie repeated, shaking his head. I feel so bad for you. Haltingly at first, and then more quickly, Selena found herself telling Eddie everything that had happened from the first bouquet of black flowers through the most recent note. And the most frightening part is that, that I think this guy pushed the wardrobe over on Allison and dropped the lights on Katie, trying to get me. It's possible, Eddie agreed. But it's so unbelievable. I mean, why would someone we know actually try to kill you? Selena sighed. Katie thinks it's a stalker, like those crazy people who get obsessed with movie stars. But I'm not even famous. You're pretty well known in Shadyside, though, Eddie said thoughtfully. Did you tell Mr. Riordan? She nodded. He thinks the wardrobe and the lights were accidents. He thinks the notes and horrible guests were someone playing a sick joke. He said he'll be more alert than ever, but he doesn't think I'm in any real danger. Maybe you should go to the police, Eddie said, lowering his voice. They'd probably have the same reaction as Mr. Riordan, Selena protested. Accidents and dumb jokes. Eddie sighed. I'll think about this, he said. Maybe there's some way I can help you feel safer. Thanks, Eddie, Selena replied. I appreciate it. He picked up the check and flashed her a thumbs up. Back in a minute, he said. Selena watched him walk to the cashier. I'm glad I told him everything, she thought. He really understands. 
She glanced past Eddie to the front of the restaurant. Danny Morris stood in the doorway, staring hard at her. Selina caught her breath. What is he doing here, she wondered, feeling anger and fear. Did he follow me? What does he want? Chapter 17 Selina felt all of her muscles tighten. This place is not a high school hangout, she thought. It's miles from Shadyside. There could be only one explanation. Danny followed her. Trembling with fury, Selina leapt up from the booth and stepped into the aisle, blocking Danny's path. Hey, Selina, he cried, pretending to be surprised. What are you doing here? she demanded furiously. Did you come to bother me some more? Danny didn't reply. He stared at her, his face filled with scorn. His lips curled into a sneer. You really think you're the center of the universe, don't you, Selina? Huh? Give me a break, Danny, she raged. I want to know why you followed me here. He shook his head. I brought my date here, he said finally. She lives in Waynesbridge. He turned to the door. A short, pretty girl with brown curls and big brown eyes entered. Selina, Danny said, smirking. This is Susie. Susie, this is Selina. She goes to Shadyside with me. Uh, hi, Susie, Selina choked out. Her face was burning with embarrassment. She wished the floor would open up and swallow her. I've, uh, got to go, she mumbled. Then she turned and ran out the door. Eddie waited outside. That was close, he laughed. Selina stared at him, confused. Danny, Eddie explained. If he saw us together, he'd tell Riordan for sure. Oh, right, Selina murmured. Eddie opened the door to the concrete stairway. Selina barely even noticed where they were going. She couldn't get Danny out of her mind. He had another girlfriend, or at least he was interested in another girl. So he wasn't the stalker. Not Danny, she thought. Not Danny. Not Danny. Then who? She followed Eddie down the steps to the tunnel. There were no sidewalks, so Selina walked as close to the concrete wall as possible. Eddie stayed right beside her. I have to tell you, Selina, I've waited a long time for this date, Eddie said. What do you mean? Selina asked. Well, I was an upperclassman at Shadyside High when you first started in drama. I've really had my eye on you since then. Selina walked in silence. She couldn't believe it. Eddie had had a crush on her all this time. The only bad thing about this place is getting to the parking lot, Eddie commented, changing the subject. But the food is worth it. He took her hand and gave it a squeeze. Having a good time so far, he asked. Definitely, Selina replied. The best time in ages, she thought. I finally feel safe. They were halfway through the tunnel when Selina heard a loud screech. It took her a moment to place the sound. The squealing tires of a speeding car. Selina spun around, a dark Taurus with its lights out, roaring toward her. She tried to dodge out of its way, but Eddie grabbed her by both shoulders and shoved her into the path of the hurtling car. Chapter 18 Selina's shriek of horror echoed off the concrete walls of the tunnel. She felt herself staggering forward, stumbling, unable to stop. She braced for the impact. Oh! Her body smashed into something hard. I've been hit! But no, she had hit the wall. She felt a rush of air as the car skidded past her, its tires squealing. Selina, are you okay? Selina didn't recognize the voice. Then, dazed, she turned to see Eddie beside her. What happened? she gasped, pushing herself off the tunnel wall. The car. It almost hit us, Eddie cried in a trembling voice. You, you pushed me in front of the car, Selina accused. 
I pushed hard enough to be sure you'd reach the other side of the tunnel, he explained, struggling to catch his breath. Then I jumped. He let out a deep sigh. Sorry, it was a little rough. Selina glanced around the concrete tube and shuddered. There was barely enough room for a car to squeeze by, if Eddie hadn't pushed her out of the way. She wrapped her arms around her chest. She was beginning to tremble in reaction. Don't apologize, she murmured. You saved my life. Are you sure you're okay? Eddie leaned closer. Uh-huh, Selina said. You? I banged my elbow, he replied. No big deal. I wish I'd been able to get that idiot's license number. He offered Selina his hand and led her toward the parking lot. We should have been walking on this side in the first place, he said, shaking his head. Selina stared at Eddie in surprise. He had been here many times before. He must have known there wasn't enough room to walk in the tunnel. We should have been walking on this side, Selina silently agreed. Why, she wondered, weren't we? Did you see what kind of car it was? Selina asked as Eddie turned onto Old Mill Road. They'd been riding in silence for several minutes. Selina still felt jittery. No, Eddie admitted. It happened too fast. It was obviously some jerk who'd had too much to drink. I hope the police get him before he kills someone. What if it wasn't a drunk driver, Selina suggested. What if it was someone who knew us, who wanted to hurt us? She swallowed hard. Or wanted to hurt me? Eddie stayed silent for a moment. You mean the guy who sent you the notes, he asked quietly. Selina nodded, staring straight ahead. But it happened over in Wayne's Bridge, Eddie pointed out. No one would expect you to be there. Unless they followed me, Selina muttered, remembering her encounter with Danny. Maybe that driver wasn't aiming for us deliberately, Selina thought, changing her mind. Maybe Eddie just decided to push me in front of that car. She leaned her head against the car window and shut her eyes. I can't trust anyone, Selina thought. She opened her eyes and stared at Eddie, and suddenly didn't feel so safe anymore. The next morning, Selina awakened with the vague memory of a disturbing dream. She shook the feeling away, dressed quickly, and hurried downstairs. She sliced bananas into two bowls of cereal. Today was her mother's day off. For once, the two of them could have breakfast together. After setting the table and pouring orange juice, Selina stepped out onto the porch for the newspaper. She gasped when she saw the cone-shaped package leaning against the screen door, wrapped in blue tissue paper, another bouquet. Oh no, she wailed, not again. She reached for the package, ready to toss it into the garbage can. But then she saw something bright peeking out from the edge of the paper, something bright and colorful, a beautiful red rose. Selina brought the bouquet indoors and quickly unwrapped it. It was so beautiful. A dozen red roses nestled in green leaves. She couldn't find a card, but Selina didn't need one. It's from Eddie, she thought. It must be. How could I have suspected him? How could I think he wanted to hurt me? She stood on the kitchen stool and pulled a glass vase down from the shelf above the refrigerator. She filled the vase with water. Then she began to arrange the flowers and greenery. So beautiful, she breathed. She pressed her face into the blooms, inhaling their sweet scent. Thank you, Eddie, she murmured happily. Good morning, honey, her mother called out behind her. Hi, Mom. Selina glanced up. Look what someone left for me. How lovely, Mrs. Goodrich exclaimed, approaching the table. Smell them, Selina urged, once again burying her face in the bouquet. They're wonderful. Oh, wait, Mrs. Goodrich suddenly cried. Selina, she gasped, get away from them. Huh? Selina had her face buried in the bouquet. She pulled it away. What's wrong, Mom? Those leaves, Selina. They're poison ivy.
Chapter 19 Selina had always been very allergic to poison ivy. A few minutes later, her face had swelled up. Her skin tingled and itched. She found it hard to breathe. Her temperature rose to 102. Who could have known how sensitive I am to poison ivy? She wondered. Who could have known how allergic I am? A week later, Selina's face was so puffy. Her hands and arms were covered with scabs. As she leaned over her geometry text, she found herself scratching the rash that wouldn't go away. How could I have been so stupid, she asked herself for the hundredth time. Everyone knows what poison ivy looks like. Was I really that desperate to get flowers from Eddie? How do you feel? Jake whispered. Better, thanks, Selena muttered. You look better, Katie told her. A little, anyway. The three friends were sitting around a small table in the library, where they were assigned for study hall. I feel like such an idiot, Selena moaned. This is the most embarrassing thing I've ever done. I can't believe I had to miss play practice, too. It's not your fault, Jake whispered. If some creep sends you poison ivy... Shh, Katie warned as the librarian frowned at them. Selena turned back to her books. A few minutes later, the librarian stepped out into the hall, and Jake nudged her again. Ready for rehearsal? he asked. Only two weeks until opening night. I hope my rash is cleared up by then, Selena moaned. I'm not even sure you should do the play, Jake whispered. What? Are you serious? Selena cried. I agree with Jake, Katie said somberly. But don't you get it? Selena argued. That's what he wants me to do. Quit the play. I don't want to give him the satisfaction. I wish we knew who it was, Katie sighed. I know who it is, Jake declared. It's got to be Danny. Selena made a face. I don't think so. What makes you so sure? I don't want to say yet, Jake replied. But I have been doing some checking. Selena stared at him. What do you mean, checking? Just asking around, finding things out, he explained. His eyes burned into hers. I know how much you want that scholarship. I promise I'll find out what's going on. Thanks, Selena said sincerely. But, Jake, I know you've been having problems of your own. I don't want you to worry about me. Hey, he said, giving her a grin. What are friends for? Selena glanced impatiently at the clock. She could barely wait for the last bell to ring. Her history teacher droned on and on. All she could think about was her conversation with Katie and Jake. Why was Jake so certain that Danny was the stalker? He had seemed almost happy about it. What did Jake know? Did he know something for sure? Selena, you okay? Katie whispered. Selena glanced over at her friend. Katie sat next to Selena in the back row of the classroom. Selena nodded and picked up her pen to take notes. But as soon as Katie looked away, Selena's mind returned to Jake and Danny. Jake might be fooling himself, Selena thought unhappily. He wants Danny to be the stalker. He doesn't know for sure. She gnawed on her pen. I appreciate Jake trying to help me, but I should try to find the creep myself. I can't let Jake do my dirty work. Selena saw Katie staring at her again. Quickly, she began taking notes to cover her nervousness. Maybe there's some kind of clue in the stage area, she thought. Something that will show me who the stalker is. The final bell rang, making Selena jump. She knew what she had to do. Why didn't I do this weeks ago, she wondered as she rushed out of the classroom. She was halfway to the auditorium when Katie caught up with her. Selena, wait, she called. Want a ride home? Thanks, Katie, Selena replied. But I've got something to do first. I'll catch the bus later. Sure, I don't mind waiting. Selena hesitated. Should she tell Katie where she was going? 
she felt funny about what she planned to do, snooping around other people's stuff. You go ahead, she told Katie. Selena made sure no one saw her as she entered the auditorium. I'm not snooping, she told herself. I'm just protecting myself. She climbed onto the stage and searched around. Everything appeared normal. She crossed to where the curtain ropes were tied. Again, she saw nothing unusual. Selena sighed. She pulled open the backstage door and hurried to the locker room. This was where cast and crew members kept their personal things. This was where she might find something, anything, that would lead her to the creep who had been threatening her. She glanced around, except for a pile of costumes and props on the table in the corner. The room stood empty. The battered metal lockers were never locked. Selena edged toward them. She opened her own locker first and found it empty except for a white hair scrunchie she had thought she had lost. She picked it up and absently placed it in her pocket. Then she opened the next locker, which belonged to Allison. Empty. This is ridiculous, Selena told herself aloud. I don't even know what I'm looking for. She opened two more lockers at random, then quickly shut them. None of them contained anything except a few items of clothing. Selena crossed the room and peered at the cast bulletin board. Her eye fell on the list of locker assignments tacked to one corner. She quickly scanned the list, then returned to the row of lockers. She knew why she had really come here. She wanted to look inside Danny's locker. She had no proof that he was a stalker, but she hadn't been able to think of anyone else, and Jake kept saying it must be Danny. Selena simply had to know. Locker number 111. Selena stared at it for a moment, feeling guilty. She took a deep breath, then quickly yanked the door open. At first, she thought the locker was empty. She started to slam the door shut again. But then she saw something stuck in the back of the locker, a small, shiny square of paper. Selena reached for it, examined it, and uttered a low cry as she realized what she held. A page of stickers. Most of the page had been peeled away, but at the bottom she saw at least a dozen orange suns. Selena stared down at the stickers, feeling sick. Danny. Danny was the one, after all. Danny, Danny, Danny. To think she had been so close with him, she had been so crazy about him. She stepped back. Her legs felt rubbery. Her mouth suddenly felt dry. She read the number again. Locker number 111. Danny's locker. Selena gripped the stickers tightly in her hand. Her heart raced. Don't jump to conclusions, she told herself. Make sure you have the right person. She returned to the bulletin board to double-check the locker number. She quickly scanned the names. There it was. Danny Morris. Number 112. Huh? 112? No. No, she had opened locker number 111. Selena returned from the list. The number of columns made her dizzy. She used her finger to draw a line from number 111. Carefully, she ran her finger across the wrinkled paper and gasped as she read the correct name. She read the name again, then once more. She couldn't make herself believe it. Locker 111 belonged to Jake, Jake Jacoby. Jake was the stalker, the son. Chapter 20 Selena stared at the sheet of stickers, then back at the list of lockers. No mistake, the stickers had been in Jake's locker. She felt numb. Could it be true? She had known Jake her whole life. They'd been good friends since kindergarten. How could Jake have written those terrible notes? How could he threaten her? Why would he threaten her? Had Jake tried to hurt her? Had he pushed the wardrobe over on Allison? Sent the spotlights plunging down? Tried to run her down in that dark Taurus? 
No, a part of Selena screamed. No, no, no. Jake could never do those things. He could never hurt her. He could never hurt anyone. But then, why were the stickers in his locker? If it is Jake, she realized, then I don't know him at all. He's sick. Very, very sick. She jammed the stickers into her backpack. With a shudder, she hurried out the stage door, into the parking lot behind the school. The sky had darkened. Selena glanced at her watch and saw that she had spent more time backstage than she'd thought. The last bus had long since left. Oh well, she thought, I'll walk home. It was a long walk, but it would give her a chance to think. As she hurried along Park Drive, she tried to decide what to do. Why was Jake doing these things to her? She thought about his attitude toward Danny. Was Jake jealous of Danny? Was Jake jealous of what Danny had meant to Selena? If Jake wanted to go out with me, why didn't he just ask me? It didn't make any sense. She knew she had to confront him. He'll have an explanation, she told herself. Maybe there's a perfectly logical reason for the sun stickers in his locker. Right, and maybe there's really an Easter bunny. By the time Selena reached home, she knew what to do. She plans to call Jake and tell him what she had found. She would demand an explanation, and he would give her one. Simple, she hoped. Selena dumped her backpack on the bed and reached for the phone. It rang before she picked it up. Selena jumped in surprise. Hello? she asked sharply. Hi, Selena, Katie chirped. What's up? Oh, Katie, Selena moaned. Selena, Katie cried. What's wrong? Remember when you and I and, and Jake were talking about the stalker? And Jake said he was going to prove it was Danny? Yeah, Katie prompted. Well, I felt bad that Jake kept worrying about me, so I decided to snoop around myself. And? Katie asked. And I, I went backstage after school, Selena recounted. I searched through the lockers, and I found a sheet of sun stickers. Katie gasped. Like the ones that were on the notes? Exactly like them, Selena confirmed. And about half of the stickers are missing. Wow, Katie breathed. That proves it's Danny. It's not Danny, Selena almost sobbed. I didn't find them in his locker. She could feel her voice shaking and took a deep breath to study herself. Well, Katie demanded, whose locker was it? Jake's, Selena choked out. I found them in Jake's locker. For a moment, Katie didn't say anything. No way, she finally murmured. I don't believe it. Me neither, Selena agreed. But it's true. Jake wouldn't do anything like that, Katie protested. I mean, he's always been a choker, but he's never done anything mean. There's only one explanation that makes sense, Selena decided. Jake was joking. It was all some kind of goof. Some goof, Katie groaned. Allison ended up in the hospital. I still have a deep bruise from the spotlight bar hitting my arm. I know, Selena said, and that's why it had to be a joke. Jake couldn't hurt a fly, you know that. Those must have really been accidents. He didn't mean for anyone to get hurt. What about the poison ivy, Katie demanded. Maybe he didn't know it was poison ivy, Selena suggested. She sighed. Pretty lame, huh? I just don't want it to be Jake. I know, Katie replied sincerely. I don't either. In any case, I have to give him a chance to explain, don't I? Selena asked. I don't know, Katie suddenly sounded frightened. Before you talk to Jake, maybe you should confide in someone else. Tell Mr. Riordan, or maybe the police. No, Selena cried. I don't want Jake to get in trouble. If he hurt Allison, even by accident, he'll get kicked out of school, or even worse. I can't do that to him. Selena, anyone can become mentally ill, Katie argued. If Jake is sick, you should get him help. 
I don't think he's sick, Selena protested. I think he was kidding. Think of how moody he's been lately, Katie returned, and how he keeps picking fights with Danny. Maybe he couldn't hurt anyone before, but you've seen him try to hurt Danny. Selena didn't know what to say. Katie was right. Jake had been acting strangely, and he had definitely started fights with Danny. I still can't believe... At that moment, Selena heard a call waiting click on the phone. Hang on, Katie, she said. Selena clicked to the other line. Selena, came a familiar voice. It's Jake. Selena felt her throat close up. She thought of what Katie had said. What if Jake hadn't been joking? Selena, are you there? Hi, Jake, she finally managed to choke out. I have to see you, he said. His voice sounded so urgent, almost desperate. Okay, Selena answered. I need to talk to you, too. In person, Jake said breathlessly. I've got to talk to you in person, as soon as possible. Selena's heart began to race. Can't we just talk on the phone? she asked. No, it's too complicated, Jake replied. Please, Moon, it's important. Jake, I know about the stickers, Selena blurted out. What? I found them, Jake, in your locker backstage. She heard a sigh on the other end of the line. I can explain that, he told her. I found out the truth about the stalker, Selena. I'm at school now. Can you meet me in the auditorium? Jake, why can't you tell me over the... No, he interrupted. I have to show you some things. Meet me here, Selena, right away. But, Jake... I'll wait for you, he said. She heard a hollow click as he hung up. She clicked back to the other line. Katie? What's wrong? Katie asked immediately. You sound upset. It was Jake, Selena murmured. He wants me to meet him at school. Will you come with me? You mean now? Yes? Sure, Katie agreed. I'll pick you up in ten minutes. Thanks, Selena breathed, hanging up the phone. She quickly drank a glass of cold water from the refrigerator. Then she slipped on her jacket and waited for Katie to arrive. She was staring out the front window when the phone rang again. Selena, it was Katie. I'm really sorry, but I can't come. I forgot. My mom took my car while hers is in the shop. She's not home and I promised to stay home and wait for a package to be delivered. That's okay, Selena replied, trying to hide her disappointment. I can take the bus. I feel terrible. Don't worry about it. I can handle Jake. Well, okay, Katie agreed reluctantly. Call me as soon as you get home. I will. Don't worry. Jake says he can explain. Everything will be fine. Selena tried to stay calm on the bus ride back to school. She took deep breaths, watched the cars and shops outside and did her best to keep her mind distracted. It didn't work. She couldn't stop thinking about the stickers, about the threats, about Jake. He had been so insistent on the phone, so insistent about meeting her in person. Was it really because he wanted to show her something, or was it because he wanted to try to hurt her again? Selena leaned her head against the bus window and pictured Jake's horrible fight with Danny. Maybe I should have paid more attention to the way he's been acting, she thought. I should have been a better friend, given him more attention. She glanced nervously at her watch. The bus pulled up across the street from the high school, and Selena hopped off. It was a cold, moonless night, and she shivered, pulling her jacket tighter. She glanced around the side of the school. A few teachers' cars were still in the teachers' parking lot. No sign of anyone else. The auditorium was in the back of the big old building. Lights near the office told her that the custodian was working in the front part of the school. The stage doors propped open with a brick. There didn't seem to be any light inside. If only Katie could have come with me, Selena thought. There was no putting it off. She had to go in. Jake's my friend, she told herself. One of my oldest friends in the world. There's no way he'd hurt me, 
No way. She felt around on the wall until she found the backstage light and switched it on. Jake, she called. Jake, are you here? No answer. Just the echo of her voice off the auditorium walls. Maybe he's not even here, she thought suddenly. Maybe this is another joke. I bet he's sitting at home laughing, wondering how long I'll wait for him. Jake, she called again, more loudly this time. Still no answer. Selena began to relax. She moved out to the auditorium and switched on the house lights. All the seats were empty. Very funny, Jake, she said aloud. You're a real riot. She returned to the stage. Someone had left a script on a stool by the stage door. She picked it up and glanced at the name scrawled across the top. Jake's name. Jake's script. He did come here, Selena realized. Was he still somewhere in the auditorium? Was this part of a trap? All of Selena's fears rushed back into her mind. Jake, she called again. Where are you? She glanced around the stage area, but saw only props and folded clothes. Maybe he's in the locker room, she thought. She crossed to the backstage door and poked her head through. The locker room appeared empty. He must have left his script here earlier this afternoon, Selena thought. She didn't really care anymore. She only wanted to get home, only wanted to forget about this strange day. She returned to the door and was about to switch off the lights when something caught her eye. A bundle of clothes piled beneath the ladder to the catwalk. That's odd, Selena thought. Who left a costume on the floor? Puzzled, she stepped forward to take a closer look. Selena's breath caught in her throat. The clothes didn't look right. A costume wouldn't lie so stiffly. And she saw sneakers. And jeans. Not a costume, Selena realized. Not a costume. A person. A person crumpled in a heap. Crumpled on the stage. Arms bent under the body. Head snapped to the side. One leg pointed at an impossible angle. A body like a fallen marionette. Glassy puppet eyes staring up at her. Jake? The name escaped her lips in a whisper.